0: You know we're short on calls today, but we have calls in tomorrow. Let's move those up and then start booking into tomorrow. Um, it allow us allowed us to really look at okay, marketing digitally is is are the levers that you can really pull to really influence capacity on the daily basis. Uh, so it would allow me to to work with our paid media manager and make sure that he was he was pulling the right levers to be able to drive that lead flow. but there needs to be some communication that you're giving to your, to your marketing agency so, on the operations side so they know where you stand and they know where they need to get
1: you. Step into The Trademark, your go-to podcast for everything marketing in the trades. Hosted by award-winning industry marketing experts Sarah Gerardo from Remarketable and Eric Thomas from Go. Rival Digital. Together, we're here to unite the worlds of trades and marketing bringing you insights, stories, and strategies from the heart of the industry. Whether you're a trade professional, a marketing expert, or somewhere in between, this is the place for you. Listen in, as we're here for the big ideas, the game changers, and the everyday successes. Because at The Trademark, we're with the trades and for the trades.
2: Oh boy, we are live. Hello out there, world. Welcome to episode one, 87 of the podcast, but episode one, the inaugural inaugural, is that how you say it? Is it inaugural? Things we should practice before. Welcome to the first ever episode of the (laughs) Trademark Podcast. Ooh, it's exciting. I'll be one of your hosts, Eric Thomas, alongside me, my trusty co-host, Sarah Gerarder. Sarah, how are you doing?
3: I'm doing great. This is exciting. This is our first episode.
2: Yeah. Content is yeah, not I'm perfection, 100%. right?
3: So let's just get it out there. <laughs> get it That's out right. the
2: world. Yes, right. Progress over perfection here. Uh, all right. Let's take this. Uh, we, we got a really exciting guest with us today, Matt Tyner, uh, CMO at Bone Dry Roofing. We're going to let him introduce himself. But I figure since this is uh, like episode one of our, uh, our new podcast adventure we got going on here, Sarah, let's go ahead and introduce ourselves. Uh, so Sarah, take it away. Tell the world who you are
3: yeah so i'm an award-winning marketer um in the trades <laughs> That's huge. I, I can say that um i have been in the marketing i've been in marketing for about eight and a half years in the trades and as an internal marketer and then i kind of just do my own thing on the side um and i just wanted to come out with eric and partner and teach the trades marketing and bring out more internal marketers so that you all can um you know, use their ideas and learn from others, and then become part of this community. And so, super excited about getting started with this podcast.
2: Yeah, super excited as well. Eric, I think uh, I'm I'm Eric, uh, six foot, two twenty five. Enjoy long walks on the beach. Red Robin. I've won a couple awards, but I give credit to those to the team. Um, so I don't I can't say I'm an award winning marketer, but yeah, the uh, founder and president of uh, Rival Digital, and uh, yeah, we do we build websites and do a lot of cool stuff there. Been hosting the Smart HVAC Marketing Podcast for a while. No longer now hosting the Trademark Podcast. Super exciting, and uh, yeah, I'm 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 excited here because we're going to be able to bring like agency point of view, internal marketing point of view. We're going to kind of be able to bring it all together. So. Without further ado, our guest for episode one, Matt Tyner, how are you doing, my
0: friend? Oh, it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful life, it's a beautiful life. But episode one, um, non-award winning marketer in the trades, uh, Just, I'm just here, I'm just here. No. So my entire background has been in uh, within the HVAC plumbing and now roofing space. Um, so currently the CMO at Bone Dry Roofing, and by currently, I mean day two. Um, however, before this, I was vice president of brand experience, so I think vice president of marketing uh, at Max Service Group, which was an HVAC plumbing and electrical company um, in the Midwest uh, with about 600 employees um, and just just serving the hell out of the, out of the Midwest market as, as well as we can. Uh, prior to that uh worked for a marketing agency as their vice president of marketing uh before that worked for a smaller contractor in the eight million dollar band uh revenue band Uh, and then worked at contractor commerce before that and before that i was a territory manager for carrier so uh lots of interesting uh stops along the way in the trades but i tell you what i've just fallen in love with it i love marketing that's that's my that's my degree my background is in marketing um, but, but more importantly, I love the trades and the people that are in the trades and, and hope that we can just better serve them each and every day. I love it.
2: Sarah, do you have a, is there a lag? I think yeah,
3: there's, there's a, a lag, lag in mine, but I'm in my brother's <laughs> house. Yeah. I'm in my brother's house. And so like, it's like, a, it's like a dark dungeon. I don't know what's yeah. going on here. Like,
2: so. I know we want to talk a lot about uh, you know, in house building an in-house marketing, which I know you're excited to to do at your new gig. And then um a lot of questions around that for sure. And that's kind of what we were, you know, Sarah and I were were chatting on the phone yesterday, just some vision setting, some goal setting for the show. And one of the things we wanted to talk about was like, you know, helping internal marketers as well, just with, you know, whatever it might look like. And yeah. um uh, so let's just let's just chat about that because you do have you know a wide wide range of experience from territory manager working agency side working contractor side running a team building a team in-house like what's let's just dig into that you know first and foremost and kind of your experiences look like building those internal marketing teams yeah
0: totally so i'm I'm a big fan of Every company, once they get to a certain size, I'd say past the the $10 million mark, $15 million mark maybe, uh, needs someone in-house that owns the marketing. And by owns, I mean really holds people accountable, uh, right? Knows the numbers, are able to really work on month over month incremental improvements. With an agency, if you're working with an agency, or if you have internal, uh, if you have internal marketers you know, running the different uh, tactics and, and, and platforms and channels, big fan of, of just making sure you have someone that owns it because that's going to drive your results. Uh, yeah, I, I make the joke when when working with agencies, it's, it's really squeaky wheel. Right, you you want to you want to constantly be uh, in front of them so you're top of mind as they're looking at, at at what they're going to be doing on a daily basis or in this next sprint or however that that agency is set up. Um, but but you have to have someone that owns it so that they know the numbers, they own the numbers, and then they're accountable to the numbers. Being the internal marketer, but also then they can hold the agencies accountable to the numbers. Um, so I'm a huge fan of that. I've done both ways. I've had agency partners, which if you have the right agency partner, I'm a fan of. Uh, and then also I've, I've built out an entire essential agency within a company. That's what I, that's what I did previously at max service group, uh, was, was built out a, an agency of subject matter experts It really helped us develop out the strategy and execute on that strategy. And, and that was also really successful for us as well. Um, so, But it all comes down to having that leader in place to be able to drive to drive the results um, and, and something that I think is just absolutely critical for for most companies.
3: But, yeah. And if those smaller companies were just starting. Right. And they are right at that sweet spot where they're like, OK, I really like word of mouth is is great, yep. but now I need someone in here because there's so many agencies and so many vendors to manage. Like yeah. what would be the three things that you would want that internal marketer to do to start off with? And then what would yeah. you hold them accountable for?
0: Um, yeah. So if we're talking, let's start with kind of the, the KPIs first, right? Okay. Um, really what I'd be looking at from a KPI. So key performance indicator. Uh, perspective would be let's see let's start digging into the return on ad spend right because that's going to give you that's going to give you a view of how a specific platform or channel is performing so you're able to say okay ppc is 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 delivering me this ppc is a great example because that's something that that an agency is a part of which will make sense in the next equation now we go to return on marketing spend and that's going to then be putting in the agency costs into it and that will help you under understand and identify if you're working with the right partner from a financial perspective right if they're if they're getting you good results Mm -hmm. but they're charging you an astronomical percent of ad spend then financially you may need to find a new partner that can still get you good results but are going to charge you a more uh, realistic estimate because at the end of the day, we're business people, right? And we've, we've got to make sure that we're setting up marketing as a component of the business and, and one that is going to, to drive, drive profits and, and revenues uh, for the company. Uh, so I, I think that's something that, that's really critical in making sure that you're, you're looking at those two metrics. Um, the next one is kind of, it, it's not a metric, but it, it, it is something that I think would be absolutely critical is how often they're meeting with the agency. Um, there needs to be at least a monthly touch base. But if you're a large company, there needs to be some communication flow, whether it is a Slack channel, a Teams channel, whatever between them, where you can give them daily insights of where the capacity is at for the day, right? When, when mm-hmm. I had an internal agency at Max Service Group, we had a report that was delivered to us twice a day and it was, it was a capacity report. It was the three and five day call board essentially. And that allowed me to mm-hmm. be able to see, okay, here's where we're at, here's what we need to do operationally. Hey, dispatch, do we need to pull up calls for in-cup? You know, we're short on calls today, but we have calls in tomorrow. Let's move those up and then start booking into tomorrow. Um, it allow us allowed us to really look at okay, marketing digitally is is are the levers that you can really pull to really influence capacity on the daily basis. Uh, so it would allow me to to work with our paid media manager and make sure that he was he was pulling the right levers to be able to drive that lead flow. But there needs to be some communication that you're giving to your to your marketing agency so on the operations side so they know where you stand and they know where they need to get you uh, because at the end of the day, we're all selling um, a service, and that service is ours essentially when you when you boil it down. Yeah. and we need to make sure that we're getting that capacity into the business because we should be covering our gross margin, right? We Our margin should be covered. So the more that we're layering on revenue on top of that, once we hit break even, the more that's going to go to the go to the bottom line and impact the EBITDA and the net margin or the net profit margin. So, so I think that's really something we need to keep in
3: mind. Yeah. So you right. just gave a lot. So you just said that the marketer that's coming in needs to know math. They need to evaluate the business and then they need to collaborate right? Absolutely. And so collaboration, right? And those are the, those are the, the first things that you're going to, when really you're yep. going, you know, internal marketing, like that role is about evaluation and it's about collaboration. And that's yep. the start, right? If you're hiring an intern to do social media and things like that, that's a different role. Absolutely. When we're talking about internal marketer, we're talking about someone that's going to come in and manage the business, In terms of that. And I think that's really important to say because a lot of times they'll be like, oh, this internal marketer will now do PPC and we'll do billboards and we'll do, you know, all sorts of stuff. But the very first thing is they have to get to know the numbers because without the numbers, they'll never be able to tell the story. And I think those are the, you know, that was the perfect way to explain what a real internal marketer is going to do for you. It's going to, you know, tell you those numbers, tell you the story of the numbers and then take it to your vendors and your partners and say, hey, cool, let's all meet and let's have discussions. And as an internal marketer that's just starting those discussions, they can't happen once a month. They have to happen until that internal marketer gets ramped up and understands what's going on because they might not understand all of the different channels or tactics in the channels. But it's their job to partner with, with their agencies to say, hey, you know what, I don't know, I don't know. So you go ahead and teach me and we'll yep. figure this out together. But, you know, ramp me up as fast as you can. So those were two things that you said. What's the third I
1: mean, that you want the internal marketer to do?
0: Uh, the collaboration, right? Um, I, I just I, I want to dial into that because I, I think that's where a lot of people realize that, that's where a lot of brokenness is with the agency relationship is is the collaboration. Because what we do as marketers, you know, we love numbers. So we go on forecast, you know, lead volume, whatever. And we're saying, okay, we're going to drive this number of leads. That doesn't matter. At the end of the day, it matters is the company to capacity. And so whether we promise that we are going to drive 30, 40, 50 leads, 140 leads, I don't care. It's what does the business need? Our job is to there is a reactionary component of our job, and, and that is to, to make sure that that we're 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 focusing on that capacity and driving and driving that for the company. Because that's gonna have a huge impact. And I think people will will not not understand how big of a change that will bring to a company. If you're looking at how do you get to 100% capacity every single day, win today, at all costs, win today. Uh, Because from a marketing perspective, that is is when you're going to bring so much empowerment to your team and the company um, and, and really drive actionable results known as revenue and and when you drive those when you drive those actual results and you're at a hundred percent capacity for your team and i know i, I went through the, the final ride and you you're already at break even so your higher percentage of that revenue is going to go to the bottom line your impact to the company is going to be huge and what you can do with those extra dollars to reinvest in marketing and as you know marcia barnes which both of you you and i know sarah Um, It's really the flywheel component, right? Get that momentum going. And that's true when it comes to marketing and and, Jim Collins writes about all the time. We've got to unleash that power so that we can keep investing in the marketing and keep it going because that's going to be a game changer for the company. And and it's something that will truly, truly um, revolutionize the the company in which you're working in. But you got to have that collaboration. If you don't have that collaboration, the rest is going to be garbage
2: i've got a question
3: that marketing is
2: Ooh, there's a lag the lag is um sorry my question um going back onto the meeting frequency you said uh you know different sizes requires you know different levels of touch points Mm -hmm. you know from a monthly call all the way up to having a daily twice daily alert what what are those different levels, those different breakpoints, I guess, in the business look like in regards yeah. to frequency? Is it like one to five million once a month with your agency, five to fifteen bi-weekly? How's that look?
0: Yeah, I need to create some, some clarity around that because I know I just kind of threw through that out there. Um, there need regardless of size, you need to be having a, a, yeah. a monthly wrap-up meeting mm-hmm. and, and really digging into to what your return on marketing spend and return on ad spend was uh, from a monthly cadence perspective. As you get bigger. And you're going to have more and more action items, right? Things that the agency needs to be doing for you. The tactics that may require a, a weekly touch base, just so you can see how the momentum is going on the on the um, the work that's being completed. And then from the daily component that I mentioned in regards to capacity, that can be simply sending you over an Excel spreadsheet of our of our you know, three or, or five day call board, so that you're included and knowledgeable in that. Because I, I think that. We, we have to be fair with our agency partners. They are part of our business. We have to be enabling mm-hmm. them with the tools that we have in, that we have at our disposal within the business uh, so that they can act as part of the business. So that capacity conversation, that should be a daily touch base. I like the morning because you can start planning for the afternoon. I like the afternoon because you're planning for tomorrow and, and your, your, your focus is on how do you, how do you win that day?
3: Yeah, because marketing is a game, first off, right? Like, Mm -hmm. and and, you know, marketers do treat it as a game. We're like, oh, what can I do to, to, you know, create chaos and disruption and and win the game um, every single day? But if I wasn't speaking to my call center, then I wouldn't know where, like how many calls have dropped off the board, how many calls Mm -hmm. are on the board, who's holding calls. All of these things that, you know, I had a goal set to of, hey, I need this many leads for this Mm -hmm. day. And now because of capacity, I can't bring in and make up for the leads that, you know, they are wanting. And, and, you know, when you you understand that marketing is operating together, right? And I think that's the third part is now you've got a team as a marketer, internal marketer.
2: So San Antonio Wi-Fi. And
3: you've got to collaborate with the team to ensure efficient operations.
2: i have no clue what she was saying um i think we lost her matt this is this is funny but not uh live viewer comments show up on StreamYard. interesting um that was funny but matt that was not nearly as funny as the bathroom incident at the
0: <laughs> toolbox live event. nothing's going to <laughs> Nothing will beat that. And my inability to speak for a solid five minutes because some reason I found it incredibly funny. Um, Sarah, your internet appears to have gone a little haywire.
2: We didn't hear your no, last no. question. Um, so I had another follow-up question to the KPIs question. Mm-hmm. I just want to think like <clears throat> high-level, basic for the everyday contractor. Yep. You mentioned ROAS and ROMs, return on ad yep. spend, return on marketing spend. What do you think from your experience is um, just like an acceptable baseline um, return for ad spend and for marketing spend? I know it can I'm,
0: vary, but- I'm not giving that answer and here's and here's why. <laughs> it depends on the financials of your business is how, you, is how you're gonna determine what is an acceptable level. Also what i hate more than more than anything is when people share hey here's here's what i'm getting on this or that that's what not that's not what these metrics are designed for what you need to be doing is you're looking at month over month improvements right mm-hmm. you're not comparing yourself for for the company down the street or the you know the 100 million plus dollar contractor over here that's not your business you're you're not there yet yeah. nor nor maybe should you be there yet what you should be doing is okay. Here's what my ROMs was last month. Here's what it is this month, and driving towards those incremental improvements because that's going to unleash more power within your business than comparing what your what your competitors' metrics are down the road. So yeah. I, I don't even want to give I don't, I don't want to give credit to, to to that question. Thank you for asking, anyways. Um, but I, that was I just, the right I, answer. I think that it, it's. <laughs> I, I'm, everyone's sharing all these numbers and it just doesn't matter. Your your biggest competitor is yourself. Whether we're talking about business, marketing, whatever. So compare against yourself, improve against yourself, and you're going to unleash this, this this potential by just making those small 1% improvements. Yeah. Yeah, that's huge.
2: Nothing grinds my gears more than seeing you know an ad or something where it's just like Oh, we're gonna get you a fifty to one, or twenty eight to one, or ten x no. this, or ten x that. And I'm like, oh my gosh, just the right. blind leading the blind. Um, what I'm
0: going to get is improvement. Yeah, and that's that's what I will. That's what I will commit to.
2: Yeah, I agree. Um, okay, so I have no clue where Sarah was uh, awesome. was going with her question. She also left. She's probably going to restart her uh, her internet. Um, so let yeah, let's just chat a little bit now about you said around was it ten to fifteen million to bring on someone to own the marketing?
0: That's I mean that's typically where I've seen it. Usually, if you yeah. go below that, if you go below that, usually it's a dual sales and marketing type role. Um, yeah. But when it becomes dedicated on the marketing, usually in that ten to fifteen million dollar revenue band is yeah. is where I see that and where it makes financial sense. And when you're actually having money allocated to marketing where you need someone to manage it. Uh, yeah. Other than that, typically you'll see, you'll see the owner uh, really wearing that hat more often than not. So, uh, but I'm a big fan of, of when you're able to put focus on things, you're going to see improvements.
2: What does that, what does that role look like? Do you see that to be more of just a generalist um, or should there be uh, kind of a specialty, you know, you know be it traditional advertising or media buying mm-hmm. or digital marketing for that person.
0: Yeah, typically when you see it at the smaller revenue band usually it's a generalist that will come mm. in and, and be be part of that conversation. Uh, however your your goal is that that they're going to learn and they're going they're going to eventually go into a manager or director type role. You should be responsible as a business owner business leader is growing growing your people, right? So you need to be getting them in front of the right people. You need to be helping them network to the right people. You need to be getting them at the right conferences so that they they grow their skills and their abilities so that they will they will eventually go into that role. Because just because they're a generalist now, does not mean they're gonna have to be a generalist later? Sarah, myself, yourself, Eric, we, we all started not knowing shit. Mm-hmm. and And it just took us getting the right tools, being partnered with the right leaders, having the right mentors, to really be able to give us the experience and knowledge to be able to to grow, grow within the, the marketing industry and the trade in the trades in general. So um so yeah, I, I think really you start off with a generalist at that at that level, but they're having those communications with your with your agency and just be very straightforward with them of like we want to see the improvements. That's that's your goal is that they're going to drive incremental improvements with your agency through putting pressure on them the end of the day, they're holding them accountability through putting pressure on them. And, and that's it. that is what their biggest value add will be to the organization is doing just that.
3: Yeah, and having those conversations. And the conversations yeah. are pressure, right? Because they have pressure for starting a new job and they're like, uh, and yeah, I didn't know anything when I first started. I was yeah. like, I will figure this out. <laughs> like, right. How will I figure this out? And then, but they gave me the tools and the people so we had a network inside of uh, the larger company that I worked with, and they introduced me to people. And I just started asking questions, right? Yep. I, and then thinking about the questions that I needed to ask, I was like, maybe I don't even know what I don't know, right? So, like, <laughs> yeah. Um, can you guys hear me better? That was awful. The dungeon of my brother's house is like literally. It happens, so that's fine. This is good. Yes content is not perfection. What I was saying is that as, um, as the third part really is about collaborating with the internal team, because Mm. you have to get buy-in, right? All of a sudden, a marketer comes in and they're like, whoa, 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 you're looking at all of my numbers. Like, I, I need to have a relationship, you're saying, with everybody in the organization. And that can be overwhelming. But as a marketer, you have to have buy-in with the CSR manager, oh, with, sure. you know, dispatch with, with every single person installer. Like you have to really yep. get in there and know the team and yep. see what's happening and see what the relationship and the culture looks like, because that's a part, that's the third part as an internal marketer, as a generalist, you're going to be putting the pieces together and, you know, building a reputation and building a brand and in, in yep. enhancing that culture. Um, so that's what I was saying before, you know, content was not perfection for me.
0: <laughs> I, and to add to that is like I would expect you should be in more operations meetings than marketing meetings on a daily basis because you're you know, you're marketing you, you you can have huddles and stuff like that, but strategic meetings happen at a at a at a higher less frequent rate. However, on the operations, strategic meetings happen daily.
1: So mm-hmm. you, you
0: need to be involved in those. And you do need to be a partner because you need to know, they need to know that you genuinely care, right? Yeah. I think what I love most about this is I can, you know, I, I can walk down, down the hallway and, and shake the hand of an individual that we're impacting through lead volume, that we're mm-hmm. impacting by driving, driving revenue. And that's one thing, that's probably my favorite thing about being an internal marketer is you see the people you're impacting on the daily basis because it's going to give you a hell of motivation. When you're when you're looking them in the eye every single day and knowing oh man I don't want them to go home early because I know they're providing for their family their sole provider for their family. And, and I want them to give their family the best life possible and, and from a marketing side of things that gives you just this crazy amount of motivation to be the best at what you do um, mm-hmm. yeah. and, and really and really drive results so be involved in the operations go to the morning meetings so you're meeting the people that you're interacting with because they're gonna tell you what's working and what's not maybe even before your numbers are um, yeah so be be involved and and just give a shit yeah. yeah.
3: Yeah. And really, yeah, because you're impacting people's lives. And I think that's also, it's the rewarding part, but it's also the heavy part, right? You're like, I gotta, I gotta fucking win this game. Like if I don't, then people are sitting at home and you know, then you have to react and you don't want to be a reactionary marketer. You want to be that marketer. That's like a team player. And, um, and I think that's really important. What you just said, it's like, there's, there's a lot of, of responsibility when it comes to being a marketer, because that call board means someone's job and that job is attached right. to a person and a human right. deserves to have the best life. And right. yeah. Yeah.
2: 100%. We're getting yeah. sentimental here on the first episode of the trademark podcast. You want me to cry? <laughs> okay.
3: will, will you please cry? I, can't.
2: Um, I might cry. <laughs> um, so, I agree. I think, yeah, I think you should be involved in marketing. I think marketing and operations um, go hand in hand because... Eric, just,
0: Eric, you're on the agency side. How how often or how many clients do you have that are sending you a, a call board so that, that you know how to react on the daily basis?
2: Not very many, but the ones that did, it was nice because we knew what levers to pull on what days. Absolutely. And, yeah. um, you know, it's, it's tough when you get into these like monthly... Check in calls, and it's like, here's what we did, here's how it's going, here's what 29 other days have passed. And you know, there's touch points communication here and there, but the ones that are like, hey, we need six, you know, we need six drain calls this week. Okay, we know what lever to pull now, uh, we know what to shift to. So,
0: and and, right, this is all about accountability and ownership at the end of the day, and we have to be. As, as, as marketing folks, as business people, we have to be holding our, ourselves accountable. And I think it's e- always easy to point towards the agency and say, oh, you, you didn't do your job. But we sure as hell didn't do our job of giving you the information to be to be successful as possible. And, and, and if if you're getting ready to go on a call with your marketing agency and ream them about not having enough calls, yet you never gave them a call board, that's not on them. That's on you. That's on you as an internal marketer. That's on you as a, as a business leader, you've got to provide that information. And we have to hold ourselves accountable the, and sure as hell the agency's not going to say, Oh, that's on, that's on you. You didn't give us that, right? They're not from a relationship perspective. They're not going to do that. So I'll speak it like you sure as hell got to be getting that information to them or you're not setting them up for success. And ultimately you're not setting yourself up for success.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, there, I know there, we all send that
0: snippet if you need to. Oh, yeah, that's that's good. <laughs> You're welcome. <Thank> you.
3: <laughs> yeah, it is gold. I mean, like what we don't provide them, the agency, it's just it's it's not a partnership, right? We have right. to keep thinking in terms of partnerships. And then also, as any employee in the business, we have to act like owners. Right. Yeah. And we have to teach that to the people in the company um the you know whoever hired has hired us for a reason because they believed in us and took a chance on us and that's our responsibility to come back and say okay cool i'm going to act like an owner and whatever autonomy you give me in my role i'm just going to run with it and i'm going to learn as much as possible and do whatever i can and you know grow it so that i can have other people come and help and um really you know build a team here because I think that's the other thing is um, like, what does that team look like as you start to build out? Because one person can't really do it all. Um, mm-hmm. This podcast is hilarious. <laughs> like, like my sound and video is lagged. <laughs> I'm running away. Matt's running away.
0: <laughs> Who thought chargers were important for a meeting? <laughs>
3: It's cool. Who thought um, you know, not sitting in a dark house was important? (laughs) Just us.
2: Meanwhile, your boy
3: (laughs) Uh, plugged
2: in. Lighting plugged in, good Wi-Fi.
0: Someone didn't have a meeting before. Good jokes. Mm -hmm. You'd almost Mm -hmm. think that
2: I had just gotten a bonsai burger from Red Robin. (laughs) Um, So you said something. You said something earlier, Matt, about squeaky wheel gets the grease. I love that. Um, And then you said also getting them call board, at least something communication wise. Um, I can tell you all like, I mean, I, I know the frequency of which we go in and, you know, work on campaigns and work on stuff each day, each week, each month. There are some agencies out there, unfortunately, where you pay them and they set it up and it runs. And the day before their check-in meeting, they log in real quick, make a few changes, see how it's going and report on it. If you just set even a reminder, like, like I know for like personal experience, like we have a few clients that like, they'll text me and say, Hey, we're slow. We need a few calls. I'm hopping in that account. Like it, it doesn't if it can't be a call board, something to stay in front of them as a partner, yeah. like, Hey, we're slow on install these. Hey, we're, we're slow on this. Right. Um, that's going to keep you top of mind in the agency's world. Yeah.
1: yeah,
3: but but like like I said, if you're starting out, then start out with them. Have these weekly discussions. Have the, the call board, but at the end of the week, let's recap. Like, what went great? You know, like, what didn't go great? And then what are the opportunities that we have for the next week? And some of those vendors I had those personal relationships with, but, you know, you have to decide, like, what are if what you're giving them is enough to yeah. be honest you know because and you might not know until you get into it as an internal marketer um, on the daily
0: yeah and you can't be you can't be absent either like you, from an agency perspective you've got to be keeping that stream of communication strong and in what you've done the whole, I love what Sarah said what what the weekly wins were right You you've got to be communicating that as well back to the client um, That's because while you may think it's great that you're not hearing from them that I know my inbox is going to probably have 15 other marketing agencies trying to reach out to, to earn the business on the daily. And it's like, let's, let's keep up that communication because that communication is, is, is absolutely, absolutely key. And yeah, find Just finding out what went right and what wrong, went wrong on a monthly call sounds terrible.
3: Yeah. And not only that, like you know what i would have loved from agencies or partners was strategy like give me more like i'd love for you to throw out a budget number in front of me and so Uh i can either pick it apart or dissect it and really understand like well does this make sense are they telling me this from market saturation is there something that i don't know and maybe i am limited by spend or maybe i have enough spend and i'm just wasting it like just tell me something good that i can use because you know, especially when it comes to planning, we are in charge of all of this, this, all of these different channels, and we have all these different tactics. And, you know, as much as we want to go in and say, we know it all, there's just no way that we know it all. So whatever information you can provide me as an uh, partner relationship and say, Hey, you know what, Sarah, um, your website, it really just needs these local pages today. We're gonna move some of our budget from what normal maintenance is, and we're gonna do two local pages for you this month." And I'd be like, okay, cool, that's a trade-off. Like, right. you know, tell me the trade-offs.
0: Yeah, and okay. Let's just, I wanna play into to also what Eric said. Let's just jump into it. The, the, the um, ability to see the root data, okay? It, when when and what i mean by that is your ppc account you better have access to your ppc account your google lo- your your google local services same thing mm-hmm. the with your google analytics you better have access to it cuz what you can can do you can jump in i think so it's been a hot minute since i've been in, a, in ppc world um but you can go in there and check the logs of what changes have been made. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you sure as hell better be seeing changes from your from your agency. At the very least, they better be looking at your negative keywords, right? Because mm-hmm. there's probably a new competitor in town that somehow is getting in your PPC campaign that needs to be negative out so yeah. that you're you're not you're not displaying for them anymore. And, and so you can log in, and there are different things to be able to hold them accountable. I am a big fan of always having third-party tools to be able to evaluate how the agency partners are doing you should not rely on them i hate these proprietary and uh, get it sorry here we go i hate these pro- i can say this i'm not affiliated to shit um, <laughs> like the, these proprietary dashboards great cool give me a give me a block of data and i'll tell it whatever story you want it to be told right Oh yeah so so let's not use proprietary let's just go to the root raw data and let's really look at it from that perspective. Let's jump into the PPC account to see what's going, not, not what's being reported out. And Own own your website. Own your content, folks. Don't don't fall for these gimmicks in the space, even if they tell you that they'll send you the HTML, because what the hell are you going to do just with the raw HTML when you don't have the, the system in which they developed it on to be able oh to boy. actually push it? Yeah. But uh, own this. And, and because at, at the end of the day, we're held responsible to the owners on, on what the results are hmm. But there, mm-hmm. there are just so many tools out there to be able to help you hold people accountable, uh, utilize them and have them have them in the budget so that, that you can make sure what you're being told is true, um, mm-hmm. because unfortunately, there, there are just, there are folks, I won't even say There are just bad people in the world in general. And some of them happen to work in the HVAC marketing space. So let's let's just make sure that we have the tools in place to be able to, to hold folks accountable.
3: Yeah, yeah, and I, I wouldn't say they're bad people. I I would say that they're agencies that are. Well, I think there's all sorts of oh, different there are some agencies. That, okay, there there are some, but whatever. um To each their own, right? It's also about us holding them accountable and yeah. and and having that conversation with them. And we can't give all. We can't say, "Hey, you're bad because I didn't give you anything and I didn't yeah. measure it and I didn't pay attention." And I mm-hmm. like you have to look intrinsically about every situation when it comes to a partnership, right? Um, right? And so like, really important to say it's, it's not about them, you partner with them because you trust them, you partner with them because they make sense for your business, they're aligned to your goals, they're aligned to your budget, you partner with them because you have that great feeling now if they have proprietary information and whatever, like good for them. Like that's their technology, but is it attached to the right data points that are going to get you the metrics that you need? Or is there like show me what show me what that means? Like show me the raw data in comparison. Like what's not matching back? How can we get better attribution? Like mm-hmm. those are the questions that you keep asking and you keep building on, but they can't own your content. It's not theirs to own. And I think that's just very important to say for any small business that's going out into looking to get a new vendor, right? Like, and very important for an internal marketer, like what Mm -hmm. is the service language agreement? That's another big part when you first start of what you're evaluating, you're evaluating the contracts, what's negotiable, because everything's negotiable. Like, what's the percentage that you're paying? What is, you know, what's the cost here that's fixed or variable, like, you know, those are that's the biggest part. And then saying, okay, do I even have a budget? Am I walking into a business that doesn't have a marketing budget? Because you could be. And, yeah. you know, if you are, then the very first thing I would do is make a budget. Right. Yeah. And second, then I'd be like, cool, let's put all the spend and a fixed and a variable for percentages and look at what's going on. And that's just a part of what you're going to do as an internal marketer when you come in is A part of those that math situation that's going on in the beginning is really just, you know, honing in on processes, best practices, and systems, and and creating them so that then the next month you now have something to look backwards towards, right? Because you measure backwards and you measure forwards as an internal marketer. Yeah,
0: Um, read those SLAs. That was a good point, Sarah. That was a really good point. I I think, and I've even been guilty of it. Right, a team member will say, "Hey." just this is software I was talking about. Can you sign it? And I would get quick signature or something when realistically we need to, we need to be into the the SLAs and really digging in and making sure we have everything. We have the company protected from the the perspective.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: You know what this actually um, just last week, Sarah and I were on a a zoom and I was sharing with her a client of ours that was about to onboard with the software. And she was like, what's their SLA? What's their, you know, data, privacy look like? What's the, you know, what's this look like? How are they handling that? And so I was like, I was a little apprehensive to like ask our client those questions. Cause I was like, that's tough for me to ask. And she's yeah. like, no, nah, he'll respect you for doing that. And I was like, Hey, look, I'm just looking out for your best interest here. I think this company's great from what I've heard. Here's three questions I have. And he was like, thank you for looking out for me. This exact words.
0: Um, and that's yeah, what data that's what people should be doing. Too. like Right. I mean, right. yeah. I mean, think about, like data privacy is huge, right? Mm-hmm. Yet it's something that that not a ton of companies have the budget to be able to really know and protect, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's absolutely critical is, is understanding what the what the privacy are, right? Single, you know,
1: sign on, all of that
0: fun stuff. Uh, we, we need to we need to have a, a good understanding of that so that we can also uh, protect the assets because those are Uh, It's a huge asset that will come with not protecting your data correctly.
3: Right. And it's a huge asset, you know, and then think about like where you're storing your data there. That's like a IT component that we don't really talk about, but very important in marketing. Like, okay, where am I storing my data? That's not just in the cloud and in a software, where else am I storing it? Do I have a backup of something? Because what if the, what, what happens, right? Like, Right. Yeah. And then how often are you are they talking to each other to, of transferring of data? And then when you have a vendor where and they have your data, um, not software, but like just in general, you know, like say um, you're working with a PPC vendor and, you know, you're passing some data back and forth. Well, are they compliant? Like, right. did you ask? um where are they storing the data like you know like all these questions are so important because compliance privacy you know you i say that data is an asset and a liability Mm -hmm. um and it's probably one of your biggest liabilities that you're just you what you don't know you don't know but you really need to learn how to pay attention to it
0: right Um, shout out california (laughs)
3: Right. Boop, boop. <laughs> I just, I changed everything to GDPR. I was like, no, like, don't even let's, we're not going to play the CCPA game. We're going to go high level GDPR. And I was like, I ha- that's the only way to get ahead of it. Right. I can't, I don't want to go backwards and have to keep changing all of the compliance and privacy is, you know, information. I, I just went GDPR.
0: <laughs> Oddly enough, Europe tends to be more, uh, more in tune with the privacy side of things than the, than the US.
3: Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, most definitely. Well, um, okay, so what would be, so you're an internal marketer, you're just getting started. What would be the biggest obstacle that you think that they would run into within the first three months of their job?
0: Data, accuracy, um, and tracking. Tracking number one, let's start with tracking. Um, that one that one is something you're you're gonna walk into it. If they haven't had a marketing leader already and they, they haven't necessarily had maybe a, a, a well-developed out agency, then then the tracking is going to be difficult. And that is one of the first things I'd put put focus on is how, how do we make sure now any data that is going into the system is going to be correct, right? And and, and because you're gonna to need to pull that information, revenue attribution. Uh, and all that fun stuff to be able to get your return on ad spend, your return on marketing spend, so on and so forth. So let, let's work on figuring out a way to make sure that we get the, the, the data coming in accurate. So whether you're using UTMs on, on forms or you're using a, a call tracking software that'll use DNI to be able to switch and, and attribute accordingly, um, do that. And then you can start working on some of the historical data that may be in there and, and making sure that we have... Um, have everything cleaned up from there. But I, I'd say tracking is going to be the first thing you, when you jump in mm-hmm. to to a new company, and specifically if they haven't had this role developed out before, that's going to be the first thing that you need to tackle because that's that's going to now at least give you accurate data moving forward.
3: Mm-hmm. And so would you look at the channels with the largest spend first? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. And, then, yeah. and make sure but- that that's absolutely clean. And if it's not clean from... Say you've been in business for fifteen years and you've got a bunch of data. You're you're not going to go backwards, Mm -hmm. right? There's just no way that you can. And you're going to have to say in your marketing notes, as of this day going forward, Mm -hmm. I'm going to, you know, this has a tracking number. This is how we're going to do this, and everything else is a wash, and I'm going to wash it away. I'm going to know what happened, and you know, or I'm going to retrain the team on how to accurately do this.
0: Yep. Marketing, yeah, marketing data. You're not going back historically. There's going to be so many data points; it'd be a nightmare. However, you can't you can't start looking at some of the customer data yes. and start cleaning that, deduping things of that nature to really at least give you a better baseline as you look at more of the re-engagement type campaigns moving forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, I think
3: it's a good point too. Like the data that we have inside of our CRM or ERP, like it is it's dirty just in general it's not just yep. about the call tracking like the input is only as good as the output right or the yep. whatever output
2: input
3: but if the you know if the csr isn't inputting something correctly and you have like gmail.com instead of gmail.com then you as a marketer can't can't use that see
2: existing customer does. that's my favorite one I love that. I those are quick, and
3: those are
0: quick wins. You should jump on that bandwagon as quickly yeah. as possible. We already yeah. paid for them. Let's let's, let's let's try to engage with them. At least tell them what we do. I, yeah.
3: Yeah. Or just reintroduce yourself, right? How cool would it be if you had just like a reintroduction campaign? Be yeah. like, And it could be like a cool rap. I don't know.
2: <laughs> you know, that's such a good point. So... My house was built in 87 and the original electrical panel is still there. And I was trying to get an electrician to work on it, but he seemed to think that it was fine. But I know I'm like, man, we're flipping this breaker like all the time, like constantly going to it to flip breakers. And the company that installed it when the house was built had done that. Like they sent out postcards and um they, you know, pretty much just like We were here when the house was built. We're still here for you now. Do you need any help? And I was like, Yes, I need help with this damn panel that you installed in 1987. Um, And like, I I didn't even know they existed prior to. Well, you didn't exist then, just to be (laughs) clear. Whoa, 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 whoa. whoa. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But they also installed the water heater. And I mean, because it's like a full service
0: plumbing, heating, electrical. The original water heater still in there? No, yeah,
2: no,
3: no. I, I, was like, <laughs> I
0: was like, damn.
3: <laughs> you need to take pictures, and then you can win the oldest water heater oh, yeah. contest and, <laughs> and get a new replacement.
0: Don't <laughs> try to flush it now. Not <laughs> <laughs> now. The water's, yeah. No.
3: <laughs>
1: but there, what yeah, else is so old customers. in your house, Eric?
0: Um, Let's see a retargeting campaign here. What the, about, like, it.
3: roofing? Do you need a new roof? Maybe no. some solar? Hey.
0: hey. Uh,
2: I know someone in the his, roofing
3: but, industry. Yeah.
2: You, let's, talk, hey, let's talk about um the roofing <laughs> industry for a second. Uh so I'm still
0: learning it. Time out. Well,
2: I, I just was wondering because I noticed the logo for bone-dry roofing Ooh. is like a cool looking dog.
0: Is that correct? Yeah, it's a dog. Yep. So do you guys
2: say like do you guys say like roof roof or something? Like well, his name is Rufus. There we go. Yeah. His name is Rufus. I love it.
3: Are you just going to use puns all day long? All day long. All day long.
2: (laughs) You're still learning the roofing industry. Day two. Um, I am entirely ignorant on the entire industry. I know nothing about it Mm -hmm. other than like, you know, I guess that insurance is like their best friend and their worst enemy. Um, What from day two, uh, what are some areas in the roofing industry that you see to be similar to the mechanical trades, if any. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, Homeowners, man. Homeowners are homeowners. (laughs) It's not a different homeowner I'm working with, right? It's just, it's the roof instead of an HVAC system or a water heater or electric panel. Um, It's a homeowner is a homeowner. And and I think that's a similarity. Um, I would say differences. It seems like the roofing industry from a marketing perspective has a ton of opportunity a mm-hmm. stupid amount of opportunity uh, because you know up until recently it's been extremely fragmented um, I would say as HVAC and plumbing was probably 10 15 years ago um, you know before before your larger companies came into into existence um, the roofing the roofing industry is still there uh, so I, I just see a massive a massive opportunity from a marketing perspective to really improve um, results and really drive that that client experience I, I the exciting part of coming to bone dry is they're operationally just sound they, they do an impeccable job and and they really focus on that bone dry experience and and really take it to heart like it's in every everything that's ever spoken about mentions the bone dry experience and and you know as a marketer when you come into an organization that has focused on the client experience and focus on operations over the years you know the marketing is going to be hella easy and, okay. and it's going to be stuff now that we're just We're just going to be figuring out how to put fuel on this fire and help them serve more people well, and that's uh, that. That's going to be exciting, man, and 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 it gives you energy as as an internal marketer when you know the the rest of the the rest of the company has your back. Um, It's just incredibly empowering from an HVAC perspective, or from a uh, from a internal roofing perspective, right? I'll get there. I'll get there. (laughs) Eventually, I'll I'll get there and know what trade I employs me.
3: But, but what's interesting to me is that we could all be cross trading way more than we are. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know what I'm thinking? Like, I mean, like, we're all in the home, we want to own the home, right? or own the business like, what, we should be working together more and paying each other for leads and, and making things make more sense, but, um, and then the bone dry experience that kind of interested. That's an interesting experience. <laughs> you you can go ahead and tell me about that later. <laughs> I can't I like wait it. to hear what that like is. It. Yeah, efficiency is the Service bone giant. I love it.
0: Sort of a standard booklet. they Ooh. should.
3: Is each it a pocket booklet?
0: Has, yeah, each each employee has one. Nice.
3: Can it fit can it fit in your pocket? Yep. That's what it is. Com-
2: like the customer customer like asks a question you're just like one second, ma'am
3: you know what, though I wish
0: people would rely on that that would be great.
3: you know what though you could upload that as a custom GPT as a PDF and then if they had a question about it there it is they could they could search for it and they could do it's it on like their phone
0: three minutes for AI to be brought up.
3: Look, I really like AI. I don't know what your problem is with <laughs>
0: oh, it. <laughs> <gosh>. <laughs> <laughs> Fine, I made this a drinking game.
3: You know, could just zap it over. at
2: that point. Like you could zap it where it sends you a a Thing of the
0: past, Eric. Think yeah. Well, yeah. you could.
2: You could. Yeah, but you could like run. Whatever. I'm gonna create where a like custom. It's gonna pull the customer experience. You know, line item. Zap it. Message it to the customer. That way the employee doesn't even have to talk.
3: <laughs> <laughs> you can just have a, yeah. Oh my God. You could have it just speak to the the customer and be like, here, here's your questions. Yeah. You, you just speak in this here. Is where and... We're
0: going to start losing viewers, right? Here, yeah, this, point, I don't even... this point in the conversation, we're going to start losing people.
3: It's because people don't understand the cool stuff that you could do with AI. Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: It is pretty We'll is pretty.
3: We'll get them there. So let's just wrap up this conversation in general. Yeah. Like, you know, at, you said, which was interesting to me at 10 to $15 million is when you had hired internal marketer. And as the companies that I, you know, have been working with, I see that's really when they come to the, the moment of, um, reflection as to, Oh, wow, we got here, yep. but we don't know how, yep. right. Um, if you have the ability, I say, always hire someone that, That touches the revenue first, right? Mm -hmm. I'm going to hire a CPA because I don't want to deal with taxes, like all the financial people that make the most sense because I might not have that knowledge. But then, you know, really working on your marketing and saying word of mouth is great and you're going to get that because you're a good Mm -hmm. person. You have good values. You run a great business. But eventually you're going to have to keep that word of mouth turning into something else and right. um it usually hits around the 10 to 15 million dollars that's the sweet spot is what i tell people because it i just what it, it's what i see right. you know so um super interesting so if you are to hire an internal marketer they would go in evaluate the business look at make sure that your marketing budget is set up collaborate with your vendors and then collaborate internally um mm-hmm. and really build buy in is what i got from yeah. this entire message podcast that we did today.
0: <laughs> it just took us 55 minutes to
3: get there. Yeah, we did it. We did it though. Thunder we knowledge. did it. That, that's pretty exciting. But I do, yeah. I have one last question for you though. Yeah, so up? say you were starting a business today, any mm-hmm. business, you had $5,000. Yep. What and how would you go about with marketing? Like what would you do? Business
0: from scratch. There's no brand, nothing.
3: There's nothing. It's like, um, let's say whatever business you want it to be. Let's say it's a pest. Let's say a pest control company, Mm -hmm. $5,000 you have to market. You got to go out to market. What would you do?
0: So from my, from my perspective is, is what are my gaps? Right. And I'd say, I'd say really where where we, what you need to fill in quickly is get a brand created. Um, because it, and that may seem weird, like someone's like, oh, you know, when I talk to co- a lot of companies, I'll, I'll say, Hey, when you're, when you are a certain size, you need to be really work- focused on customer acquisition. But when you're starting out, you're going to have your neighborhood pages. You're going to have next door. You're going to have your own, your family, friends, so on and so forth. That's really going to be your starting your, your marketing startup. So really I would say is, is develop out that brand first. If you got that five grand, let's get a good brand. Let, let's get a good brand created so that, that the marketing is going to be more effective once you need to turn it on. But you should be able to grow to, to a, a, a good business, a good small business size with utilizing some of the, the platforms that are available to you for free. Um, yeah. And then then our job comes in as marketers to, you know, as, as you said, at that 10, 15 million dollar range, that's when you start having to be more intentional about customer acquisition. Mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. that's really where we come in as, as as specialists in the trade is to really know how how we go get new clients what that interaction what that experience needs to be for those new clients uh to turn into paying clients um that that's that's why at that I think at that 10 15 million dollar range you see that happening but back to your original question create a brand
3: I like it yep and use free tactics is what you said oh yeah like like Man. pest control, I would be out there all day filming bugs. Right. Like, look at this bug. What is it doing?
0: <laughs> I'm sure as hell not <laughs> jumping into PPC day one. Like no. The, oh, God. Gif- I'd be
3: like, <laughs> I would be, my channel would just be bugs everywhere. Right. It would be so much fun. I think. Uh, and they would have names. I, right.
0: <laughs> I, I think there, there's a point, though, right? It's what we lose sight of because everyone's comparing themselves with everyone else. You lose Mm -hmm. sight of, as marketers and as business owners, you you earn the right to start doing specific marketing tactics. Right? Mm -hmm. Uh, We kind of we kind of talked about this at the at the at the summit of like when when you're smaller, you shouldn't be in TV, radio, billboards. You earn the right to be able to get into TV, radio, and billboards. As you become good at customer acquisition, you're building up that customer database that you know you have a, a steady stream of business for 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 12 months and you're able to keep your team busy, then you get to the scalability portion of of top of mind awareness and, and really buying and building into that. Um, but but as as marketers, we got to earn that right. It's not something that that you're just Oh, hey, we're we're a company now. We need to be into TV now. Crystal sure don't have to be in. That shit's expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's <laughs> let's go ahead and become really good at, at customer acquisition, reengaging with our current clients, building up the ability to be able to spend into that tactic. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yep. Well, I appreciate you talking with us today, Matt. It's really good Absolutely. to see you. I know it's been a very long time for us since we haven't <laughs> seen each other, um, and for all those that were in and out watching, Uh, this is the first time. So content is definitely not perfection. And we're excited to bring you more content from internal marketers in the trades.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Matt.
1: All right. We'll talk
2: soon. Thanks, everyone. Cheers.
1: Bye. Bye. And that wraps up another episode of The Trademark, where we bridge the worlds of the trades and marketing one story at a time. We can't wait to see you next time. Thank you to The Trades for giving back big, loving big, and taking massive action. Don't forget to join us next time for more engaging conversations and innovative ideas. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave us a review and share it with your colleagues and friends in the trades and marketing. Your support means the world to us. Stay connected with us off the air by following us on social media. We'd love to hear your thoughts and get your feedback. Until next time, keep making your mark in the trades. Thank you for listening to The Trademark. Goodbye for now, and remember, we're with the trades for the trades.